So it's kind of funny. The designer jeans that look like that have the, holes in them. Right, exactly. Yeah. yeah, so I think it's it's pretty although I you can clearly tell that Misha's jeans are not Target jeans just by looking at them. Yeah. They fit a little too nicely. I just think it's funny that he still tries to go for his, oh, I'm just a dopey guy. Yeah. Except that now Jensen Ackles dresses me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. He's a lot more in the layers than he used to be. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Hey, guys. Welcome back to Wayward Fans, a supernatural podcast. I'm Shannon. I'm Leanna. And today we're talking about swap meat, and <laughs> the song remains the same. <laughs> swap meat. <laughs> meat as in the food that you eat. Not as in nice to meet you. Yes. Which I think is a great title. Oh, I think so too. <laughs> um, this one's directed by Robert Singer. The teleplay was written by Julie Siege. Uh, the story is Julie Siege, Rebecca Dessertine, and Harvey Fedor. Wow. So three people on this one. A little threesome going there. Yeah. Um, so we open oh God, on a... opening. I'm sorry? This opening. Oh, I know. <laughs> my favorite line is in the opening. Mine too. <laughs> um, a lot of good lines are in the opening. Um, so it's we're on a bar, and there's a bored lady drinking a margarita. Sam approaches the bar right next to her and says, Evening, barkeep. I'd like to order some alcohol, please. <laughs> uh, and make sure to point out to the bartender that he is 26. Uh, like my ID says. Right. Uh, I don't know why I thought Jared was older than that. <laughs> I was like, 26? But I mean, I guess in this episode he probably is. He's definitely older than 26, but not here. Right. He's very large, <laughs> I think, is part of the problem. Um And the bartender says, congratulations, what can I get for you? And he orders a banana daiquiri. (laughs) Uh, Bored lady Crystal, we find out her name is, introduces herself to Sam, who is Gary. And he agrees with her when she says that he is quite stunning. Uh, (laughs) And tells her (laughs) this is the best night he's ever had. Uh, She is dropping some really big hints about getting him out of there and, and hooking up with him. And Gary is just not picking up what she's laying down. And so finally <laughs> she's like, would you like to get out of here and leave with me? And Sam goes, <gasps> and he leans in really close and he says, are we talking about sex? <laughs> and she's like, I guess we are. He says, Crystal, I would love to have sex with you. <laughs> No, he says, Crystal, I would love to have the sex, the sex with you. Right. He does say the sex. Because <laughs> that's my favorite line. <laughs> and I even had it in here as the sex. I totally biffed it. Sorry. Um, that's what made me laugh, is that he says, to have the, sex. the sex with you. Um, I just like, he's like, are we talking about sex? <laughs> Bit. It's, just, it's just too much. Sam is doing a great job of acting like, like a little a kid. Little kid. <laughs> and so then we do a pan around Sam. And on the way back around his face, we see that he's actually this dweeby teenager dressed in Sam's clothes. Right. He tells Crystal, this whole outfit is new. Yeah, because she compliments his jacket. Yes. And then we split to the title card. Right. So 36 hours earlier... Uh, 
Sam and Dean are in a, a woman's house and she's asking when the last time they saw him, them. And they say summer before sixth grade. And we find out that it was their babysitter. Um, and they're kind of just reminiscing a little bit. Uh, she's pouring them lemonade. And, and we find out that Sam assigned himself his own reading list. Right. Does so like, that sounds about right. And he's like, oh yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> and they're just kind of having a good time. And um, we find out that she called them because they have a poltergeist and she needs their help. Um, because she's talking about how their dad would go away for weeks at a time um, and she'd watch him. And her daughter, Katie, is like, weeks? Well, did you ever find out what he was doing? And she's like, well, yeah, well, Sam always told me and I never believed him um, until until I did. Right. <laughs> um, and she's like, their dad uh, hunted ghosts. Or, right. well, Sam tells her. Or Dean. I can't remember who said it. I think it was Sam says that their dad's really good at getting rid of ghosts. Right. And then Dean says, and, and so are we. And so are we. Right. And so she's like, that's we, why we called them to help us get rid of it. And her husband comes in with suitcases. And at this point, in, like, for a split second, I was like, is this dude leaving because his wife is crazy? Or, <laughs> But then he's, like, totally on board. And I was like, ah, oh, cool. Oh, <laughs> all right. Like, really excited. <laughs> oh, okay, good. He's not, like, a jerk. Just all, I'm out of here. <laughs> um, but we find out it attacked their daughter, Katie, and uh, um, Donna who's the babysitter, asks Katie to show the guys uh, where the attacked her. And right. so she stands up and pulls up her shirt, and it's there's murdered child is carved into her stomach. stomach. Which is pretty fucking scary. It's pretty gross. So Dean promises that they'll take care of it and tells them to take a vacation. So, because if you recall, in, ep- in, in season one, in the episode Home... They did the same thing. They asked the lady to leave with her kids so that they could get the poltergeist out. And then right. they totally trashed the house. the house. So is that what's going to happen here? I know. <laughs> Let's hope not. That was a fucking mess. I think maybe they learned their lesson and that's why they went and got a motel room instead of actually staying in the house. Yeah, maybe you're right. <laughs> They're like, remember that one lady's house? Maybe let's try to fight it from outside and then when we figure out what it is, we'll go we'll back. Go inside. Right. <laughs> Quick. Easy in and out. <laughs> no trashing of the house. So uh, Sam and Dean go to get food at the Patriot Burger Diner. Dean is getting food at the counter. Bacon, burger turbo, large chili cheese fries, and a health quake salad, salad shake. shake. And it's Gary, the kid we saw from the beginning. Um, I love the health quake salad He's shake. like very confused about the shake. And Dean's like, I know, I'm sorry. It's not mine. It's not mine. <laughs> Dean brings the food to the table and sits down where Sam already is. And he's has the laptop open doing research. And he's in the salad, the health quake salad shake is a large to go looking cup filled with salad to which Sam pours in dressing, puts the lid back on and then starts shaking it. They used to serve those at McDonald's. Yeah. Remember those? Yeah. It looks pretty good. Yeah. For salad in a cup. It's just a very silly idea. Yeah. So he's shaking it and he's just shaking it. And Dean's just looking at him like, you can't be serious. And then Dean says, oh, you shake it up, baby. (laughs) (laughs) Then Dean mentions that Donna still looks good. And Sam's like, dude, don't tell me you still have got the hots for our babysitter. What? No, that's that's weird. 
I'm just saying that she, you know, she, she, she's doing good, you know, with her husband, her kid, this whole Amityville thing being thrown at them. And they're hanging tough. And Sam's like, "Uh (laughs) uh-huh. So Dean asked Sam if he ever wanted anything like that. The wife, the Rugrats, the whole nine. Sam says that's not really his thing anymore. Tells us the research. The house is old. Really old. I just want to say with that whole remark that you see that interchange happen a lot with Dean. Oh, don't you wish you had that? And mm-hmm. Sam like, no. Yeah. <laughs> and it goes the same every time. So I'm like, I guess Dean really wishes right. he had that. It's like 180 on them. Yeah. So Sam tells us the house is really old, hundreds of years. Um, he found a legend, though it's unconfirmed, that in 1720s, that, first of all, I want to ask you, how many of the legends do they look up? Are confirmed do you think that's a good question <laughs> i don't know when he was like it's unconfirmed but and i was like well i'm sure at some point some really big- sam how many werewolf lores did you look up that were confirmed right online? <laughs> but this one's a little different because it's like a specific person was murdered right um it just made me think of like all the old ones where they had like specifics like with the ghost hunted ones you know or ghost facers Right. That one guy in that house. And it was just like a bunch of made up shit. But anyway, anyway, it doesn't matter. So the lore that's, or the legend that's unconfirmed is that in 1720s, the house was owned by a man named Isaiah Pickett. He hung a woman in his backyard for witchcraft. Her name was Maggie Briggs. Gary is at the counter just staring real creepy at Sam this whole time. Like, he's giving it a serious stare down. Oh, wow. That's a... This is uncomfortable. That makes me uncomfortable. So Sam's on the phone with Dean. He's walking. It's at night. He was unable to find anything in the town records. Can't even find... Can't even find proof that a woman named Maggie Briggs existed. After Sam gets off the phone with Dean, he is shot with a dart that knocks him out. I like how he's like... Whoa! <laughs> and it does a like slow, super slow mo. Yeah. So his like really deep. Then he falls. And Jared has the best falls. Oh yeah. my god! It it, it made me he think does it of, a lot, <laughs> right? And it made me think of um. Oh god, the rabbit's foot. Oh, the cursed object. Episode cursed object episode with the rabbit's foot, yeah. and he's like running out of the diner. And he's, he just I love the way he falls. He's so funny. It's because he's so big. It Maybe just that's makes what it, it is. That more, uh, that's that much more uh, exaggerated. Yeah. Um, so Sam wakes up a little while later um, with Gary's work clothes on, which is really funny to see how much bigger the pieces are. <laughs> so that Sam can wear them. Right. And he looks ridiculous in it. <laughs> he looks so ridiculous. So he gets up and he's walking down the street when a cop shows up behind him. Uh, calls him Gary Frankel and says that his family is worried sick. Uh, and Sam thinks that he's talking about his... He's like, my brother called you? Right. <laughs> and the officer's like, get in the back. we got to get you home before you freeze. And Sam's like, okay. Gets not in the car. <laughs> this is weird. So he brings him to Gary's house and when he gets out, Sam's like, I don't Where stay. are we? This is right. not where I'm staying. What, I don't understand. 
And uh, Gary's parents come running out and they're like, Gary. And Gary's mom like throws herself on him and he's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> right. what, is, what going is going on, on here? here? And they immediately think that he's drunk. Um, and he's freaking out. He's like, who are you? What? Who are you, lady? And then the, the dad is like, are you drunk? And he's like, who are you? <laughs> and then he looks, he sees his reflection. He catches his reflection in the cop car's window. And then he freaks out and he's like, who the hell is that? Who is that? And I think he actually maintained a bit of calm that I was surprised about because <laughs> I think I would have fucking flipped. So then we see Sam, who is actually Gary, flexing in the mirror at the hotel. And he is very pleased with himself. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. That. Look at that. <laughs> I mean, it's a nice scene to watch. <laughs> yeah, I was okay with it. But that's what he's doing is flexing in the mirror. He's very pleased. And uh, who wouldn't be, really? Come on. So this is when Dean shows up. He wants to know where the hell Sam has been the last couple hours. <laughs> Dean says he's sorry. Or Sam says he's sorry. Uh, okay. Gary says he's sorry. <laughs> that he lost track of time and he ended up getting, went, he went to get food. He brings Dean the same order from early. He's like, the turbo bur- bacon cheeseburger with green uh, chili cheese fries, right? And Gene, Dean's just looking at him like, what the hell? And, and then just, just grabs, grabs the bag. And he's like, thank you. So just so we're clear, the whole scene, it's the kid who plays Gary that is interacting with Dean. It's not Sam. Right. Um, and I would love nothing more than to see Jared do this. Because the shit that kid does... Like, some of the gestures he makes and just trying to imagine Sam doing that because that's what Dean is seeing. (laughs) Like, oh, my God. Oh, it would be so awesome. So uh, he tells Dean after Dean takes the food that they're going to need to leave because the maid saw the weapons and they're all freaking out now. And Dean's like, why did you let the maid in? It It just just happened. (laughs) So Dean's like, all right, I got to hit the head. I'll meet you outside. And so while Dean is in the bathroom, Gary rounds up all of the cell phones from the hotel and, and the, the glove box yeah. and just dumps them in a dumpster. So if I was Gary and I had found first all those guns and then all those cell phones, I think I'd want to get out of there. <laughs> like, I don't think I would be cool with hanging out with this guy. <laughs> just saying. Yeah, but he's there for a reason. Well, but we don't know that yet. I know, but we have to assume that we know <laughs> there's something going on since he kind of knows. Uh, and he seems so just, oh, everything is fine. And, you know, he's I guess having like a good time with that's not what I assumed. It. Yeah. I mean, I think he would have had a good time with it no matter what. Yeah. Um, so they get into the Impala and then Gary asks <laughs> Dean if he can drive. <laughs> And he just kind of looks at him, him and then he's like, all right. Well, okay, I think it's because him and Sam have had such a good rapport and, you know, Sam is, or Dean is. No, I know. Sam. I just think it's funny that Dean's like, okay. It's so weird <laughs> that he, yeah, like Sam would never ask me. Right, that. exactly. So <laughs> Gary gets in the driver's seat and he's just revving Revenue. it. And he's like, oh, this is so great. And Dean's like, you want to get the let out and ready? Come on. Uh, Andretti is a renowned race car driver, Mario Andretti. But so Gary starts it, and Dean's like, "Reverse, reverse!" reverse. <laughs> and Gary pushes 
pushes on the gas and just slams backwards into the dumpster. And Dean just looks at him. It was in reverse. (laughs) (laughs) So then they switch spots again. (laughs) Carrie, I am really, really sorry. Dean, shut up. (laughs) (laughs) So Dean drives away. Um, Sam is leaving a message on one of their many phones. He, he's like, um, this is going to sound weird, but, um, I think I I'm the wrong body. I could use a little help here. Oh, and I have, I think I have asthma. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so he, after he leaves the message, he then tries to call the hotel and the hotel manager tells Sam that the two guys in the room just checked out. And he's like, did you say two as in plural? Both guys, and he's like, "Yeah, one in a leather jacket and one Sasquatch." <laughs> of course, I crack up. Yeah. But do you think that Sam ever gets a little sick of people just calling him enormous all the time? Well, yeah, I think you could see it then because his could face you? is like, you know, he gets that like, "What the hell, man, dude? I'm not a Sasquatch." It's very subtle, but you can see he's like, "Fuck you, dude." <clears throat> one Sasquatch. So Sam starts looking through Gary's room. He finds advanced chem books, says smart kid. Finds a Star Wars shirt, says he's a virgin. <laughs> I was like, whoa. That's a big jump. I mean, I'm, I'm a Star Wars fan. Right? No, I have tons virgin. of Star Wars shirts. Right. <laughs> and then I'm like, is it just because it's Darth Vader? That was my whole thought process. Is, is this like an Imperial <laughs> thing? Like, is Sam just, you know, like, uh, the Force will be with you? Or, I mean, what are we saying here, Sam? <laughs> I actually thought about that, Uh, as you can see. (laughs) Nerd. But not a virgin. (laughs) It's really funny that that's where you went with that. (laughs) I know, right? (laughs) So then he finds uh, the Asian busty busty beauties, uh, calls him a frustrated virgin. (laughs) Uh, Apparently that's the magazine of choice in the supernatural universe. Yeah, as far as pornography goes. Then he finds a dagger in a black cloth with a pentagram on it. He says, witchcraft, huh, Gary? You satanic little bastard. <laughs> Sam, or Gary's parents, are calling him down for breakfast. And he's like, leave me, me alone. alone. And then <laughs> she calls him again and he's like, I'll be right down. And he says it like a teenager. And it was so funny. He totally lives up to the teenager thing, like, unintentionally. Just because right. he's, like, pissed off about right. being in the wrong body. <laughs> So Sam goes down to have dinner or breakfast with Gary's family. The dad wants to know what happened. And Sam's like, I got drunk, like whatever. And he's like, no, I want to know about your plan. How does getting drunk last night affect your plan with like MIT and just his whole academic like career type thing. Sam doesn't care about the plan, (laughs) which makes his little sister like choke when he's you know telling his dad to basically fuck off right (laughs) um and his parents are like just looking at him and then he kind of switches gears because he realizes oh yeah i'm in this kid's body right and he's like how have i been acting moody lately (laughs) or like strange um i bet i'm really good at latin (laughs) his mom's like you You have a gift for languages languages. (laughs) and he's like have you seen me walking around with a book like leather bound kind of big and old looking (laughs) No, I probably would have been hiding that from you. Right. And his sister the whole time is looking at him like, what, what the, the fuck? And then he grabs a piece of toast off his mom's plate and, and he takes just a bite. grabs it 
I'll yank. <laughs> and she's like, Gary, no. And he's like, what? You're allergic to wheat gluten. Oh, and he just puts it back down on her plate. And then the next <laughs> shot is him coming out of the bathroom. And his sister is standing there and he just goes, wheat gluten. <laughs> um. Sorry, we skipped past one of the things I wanted to talk about in the scene when he's in his bedroom after he calls Dean. Because um, Sam goes to the mirror and he's looking at himself in the right, mirror. And right. so there's Sam on this side of the mirror and you see Gary on the other side of the mirror. And that's just always been one of my favorite things that people do when they have to act like another person in the mirror and they have to do the exact same thing. And I think they did a pretty damn good job of it. They did a very good job. <laughs> if you pay really close attention, you can see differences, obviously, because well, they're two different people. Right. <laughs> But if you're just watching it and not like trying to, right. you know, break the magic, yeah. it's, to- it's they do a really good job. Excellent, excellent work. Yeah, they even try and do like the exact same facial expressions. Like it was, it was really cool. I liked it a lot. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to back up that far. No, no, it's okay. I forgot about that part actually, which is funny because I even wrote like that it's a window <laughs> and it's not an actual mirror. Oh obviously. well, there you go. Because <laughs> I know some movies where they like have the actor shoot it in a mirror and yeah. then they just overlay it instead oh, of using okay. the thing. I think it's so much better when they're actually doing it face to face. Because it's funnier and it just yeah. looks more realistic. It does. Um, so the sister, Sydney, asks if he sprung a leak because if their parents found him with that book, they'd kill him. And he asks her where he keeps it. Uh. But then we go, we cut back to Dean and Gary, and they're going to go do a tombstone roll to see if they can find Maggie Briggs, since Sam was an, unable to find anything. Gary gets really excited, and he's like, Maggie Briggs the witch? And Dean's like, yes. <laughs> and he tells Dean that, of the actual lore, that she's in uh, the basement of Pickett's house because she was carrying his illegitimate child, and he killed her and then buried her in his basement. And uh, Dean's like, how do you know all of this? And Gary's like, oh, I've re- done so much research on this. <laughs> Last, Last night. night. <laughs> and Dean's like, okay, good work. <laughs> and they get in the car. And oh Bob Seger's Rock and Roll Forever Never Forgets comes on the radio. And Gary's like, oh, yeah, turn it up. And Dean's like, Really? He's like, yeah, this song is awesome. And he turns it up and he's just looking like side eye at Sam the whole time. Like, what is going on? And there was at that point I was like, how early on did Dean realize that this was not Sam anymore? I have to wonder. I think that's when it started. Yeah. Because having that happen immediately after him having all the knowledge of Maggie Briggs all of a sudden would probably be a huge red flag for Dean. And with backing the Impala into... (laughs) Right. A dumpster. <laughs> After asking to drive and getting all right. excited about it. Yeah. Right. That's my whole thing. He's been acting so strange. So at what point was Dean just like, this isn't Sam. Right. <laughs> so we see Sam leaving another message for Dean. He's at school. And as he's uh, walking down the stairs, he runs into Gary's friends. <laughs> They're asking him what was happening. He tells them that he was drunk. And he well, they're like, Gary. He's like, yeah, I'm Gary. Gary's okay. <laughs> they're like, what? <laughs> we're, we're referring talking. to ourselves in the third person. <laughs> yeah. He's like, I was drunk. And he needs, 
he asks them to tell him the, his locker number, and they're like, "What?" And he's like, "I was drunk. I need my locker number." I just love how little Sam could care right. if anybody actually believes him right. that he's Gary or not. He's just like, you know what? I need to get to this kid's locker. I'm right. not even going to try. So he gets into the locker. He finds the witchcraft book. And he's like, oh, Gary, this is a bad, bad book. Where do people get these books, Shannon? I don't know. I want one. <laughs> you know it has to smell really good. I'm worried about what you would do with one of those books. I would just smell it. <laughs> <laughs> Shannon, that shit takes way too much energy. <laughs> it would smell really good. Yeah. So Sam has the book in his possession and he's trying to leave the school, but the two friends from earlier stop him. They want to know why he's leaving because it's very unlike Gary, apparently. And he's like, I just have something to do. I just, I'm not feeling myself. Okay. I just, I want to leave. <laughs> and, uh, they're asking him, well, why are you leaving? And he's like, I don't, I don't have to tell you that. I don't, I just want to go. And he's about to leave when Trevor suddenly pulls out a, a dark gun, gun and shoots him in the neck. And we get to see another absolutely amazing oh. fall from Jared. <laughs> that is, I have like a gif of that on my computer. <laughs> just watch it over and over and over. It's a great fall. <laughs> <laughs> it is. So then we cut to Gary and Dean, and they are walking through the basement. Gary is calling himself Master Chief. Master Chief is in the house, biatches. And he he's just like Sam. He could not care less either. He's like, I'm a badass. Woo! Gary, you're really bad at this. And Dean just looks at him. What the fuck? And then Dean continues walking through the basement, and then we hear Dean say, Huh, well, I'll be damned. Willow Moss. And Gary's like, that's the stuff that's supposed to grow in witches' graves, huh? And Dean's like, yes. yes. <laughs> what is with you? So Dean starts uh, digging up the grave, and we see Gary in the background aiming his gun at Dean, um, kind of working himself up to shooting Dean. Then we hear Gary say that he's sorry for what he's about to do, and Dean asks... What's that? But before anything else can happen, Gary gets flung against the back of the wall in the basement. Dean, thinking it's Sam still, runs to his aid. And uh, Gary stands up, freaks out. He's wanting to run out. And Dean's like, no, we still have to burn the body, you idiot. (laughs) (laughs) So then the witch comes back. The ghost of the witch comes back and she's going after Dean. And Gary's looking very scared in the corner, but he ends up going and burning the body. Because as the witch is flying towards him, she suddenly goes up into into flames. Spirit yeah. flames. And Gary says, That was awesome. I just don't I mean, I know he's just a teenager and he's clearly kind of stupid, but he didn't really think he'd just be able to shoot Dean in that basement and then leave, right? <laughs> like, I would hope not. But apparently that's what he was planning on doing. Maybe because of what we find out later, like, it didn't matter. He just needed to kill him. Oh, right, right, right. Okay, okay. So at the bar, Sam, uh, Dean and, and Gary are at the bar. They're ordering food and drinks. Um, Dean orders, you know, a bacon cheeseburger with a fried egg. Normal Dean. Dean order. 
And then Gary says, oh, that sounds really good. I'll have what he's having. And Dean just like really. Gives him another look again. We're having cheeseburgers now. Or, well, he says, who are you and what have you done done with with Sam? Sam? And Gary gets like this really scared look on his face. Um, But Dean is saying it more of like a joke right now, I think. A little bit. Half joke, What's happening? And he's like, so we're having cheeseburgers now? And he's like, yeah, I'm happy. Like, I want to celebrate. Um, and Dean's like, it's just a run-of-the-mill ghost. <laughs> right. Why do you think that's awesome? Like, right. <laughs> out of all the things we've done. And um, Dean doesn't really buy it because he says, "That's no, that's not Sam's style. That's not your style. Right. And Gary says, you ever feel like your whole future is being decided for you? <laughs> and this is my favorite line, as well as the one right. I already said, but... I couldn't help it. Dean says, uh, yeah, yeah, Sam, I feel like that a lot. <laughs> Just his delivery, yeah. look on his face. Oh, are you seriously oh saying this to me? Yeah, Sam, I feel like that a lot. Everything about that line was just perfect. Executed so well. Oh, my God, I couldn't stop laughing. Then Dean mentions that he's surprised that they're actually drinking together. Uh, Gary's like, we don't do this a lot, huh? Well, we should do it more. And Dean's like, yeah, okay. <laughs> and Gary tells him that he's a good guy. And Dean's like, yeah, you're drunk. <laughs> yeah, you're definitely, you're drunk. definitely drunk. <laughs> but then Gary's like, no, I mean it. You really are. You're really a good guy. And then it leaves us at that. It's just, okay. It comes back to like the opening scene where we see Gary talking to Crystal about his outfit being new. One thing I wanted to say though is that I really like the conversation that they have. It's kind of a drag that it's not Sam. Because um, <laughs> <laughs> it's a nice little conversation for the brothers to have. And then when they the burgers get dropped off by the waitress and Gary grabs his and takes a bite and he's like, the <gasps> bread alone! <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and Dean's just staring at him like, what the fuck, fuck? is going on? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so then now we're back to the beginning scene where um, Gary is talking about the outfit being new and he's walking out with Crystal and, and Dean is watching the whole thing. Like, and, what the fuck? And, and Gary tells him, we're going to do it. <laughs> Again, just picturing Sam saying and doing all these things. We're going to do it. I know. Oh, my God. That's what makes it so amazing. And then Dean just looks back forward, and you can see on his face, he's like, what? This is not happening. Right? <laughs> is this? So then we are ba- we go to Sam, who's tied up in Trevor's basement. Um, Sam starts, you know, is waking up, and he's screaming, what the hell's going on? And Trevor tells him to keep screaming, because no one can hear him, because his parents are out or, of town. Oh, right. <laughs> Um, Trevor calls Gary and wants to know where he is and what he's doing. Gary tells him he won't believe it. Trevor wants to know where Dean is, and Gary tells him at the clover field on Route 6. Trevor is concerned that Gary has not killed Dean yet. And we can see Sam, like, peek Kinda up, like, up what the fuck? Did you just fuck? say you haven't killed him? Um, Gary says that he's building up to it, and then he's... We hear a door open and he's looking up 
And he says, I got to go and hangs up. And then we see Crystal in like this dominatrix outfit slapping her hand with her whip. And Gary's like, I think I'm in over my head. (laughs) And yes, Gary, you are. So back in the basement, Sam wants to know how they know who Dean is. And Trevor tells Sam, everybody knows who Dean is. He's Hell's Most Wanted. So at that point, Sam realizes that they've been talking to demons. Yes. Uh, Nora tells Sam the plan uh, after Trevor tries to stop her. She just keeps going. She says that they were goofing around with the book. And then suddenly Gary went into a trance and drew this picture. And she shows it to Sam. And it's an extremely well-drawn picture of Of Dean. Dean. Like a photographic picture. Yeah. And uh, the funny thing is, Gary can't draw. And they found out that the demons have a bounty on Dean. A call out to all witches and demons to find and kill Dean. Gary had the idea of the Freaky Friday to go in Trojan horse style. Sam tells them they have no idea what they're dealing with and that they're going to get killed. And this whole time Sam is like convincing Nora like this is a really, really bad idea. You have no idea what you're messing with. So Nora's starting to get cold feet after talking to Sam. So Trevor says he'll just do it himself. Nora asks if he if he's actually going to go kill Dean himself, and he says he doesn't have to. And he points to a demon summoning spell in the book. Mm-hmm. At this point, Sam and Nora are both like, "No, please don't do That's that." That's a really like, bad idea. No idea what's going on. Um, but he doesn't listen because he wants them dollar dollar bills, y'all. And I'm like, <laughs> "Oh my god, I hate you so much right now." So. I would like to believe that if I was a teenager who stumbled onto a book of magic that actually worked and found out that there was like this huge bounty that I wouldn't try and kill him. I don't think I would. Well, if it's a bounty from the demons wanting this guy dead, he's probably a good guy (laughs) if the demons want him dead. But I don't think they even realize they're talking to demons. Well, no, they do because the he says he's hell's most wanted. <laughs> no, because they didn't summon a demon; they were doing some other spell. I know, but when the kid is like, I'm no, I know have... that's what I just said. I get, oh, okay. I get that now. Okay, yeah, but yeah, I don't know. I'm pretty sure because they were talking about talking to the Demons. devil, right? No, <laughs> yeah, I, I realize. What did he now. call it? What did Trevor call the devil? Our I Lord he just called him the devil. No, no, no. When he's talking, because Nora says they're goofing around, and he goes. I hardly think talking to our overlord or whatever is oh. goofing around. I don't remember what he said. I should have wrote it down because it was really funny. I don't remember. I don't remember. I hardly think talking to our great like, and powerful overlord, overlord is, I don't know, yeah. is goofing around. <laughs> but yeah, so they knew what they were doing. Trevor was yeah, just a little green you're shithead. Right. You're right. <laughs> Apparently all of them were, but... well. I think they all had different motives. Yeah. As we find out later. Yes. (laughs) Um, So. um, I do feel bad for Sam being tied up and not being able to get out of it. I know. How frustrating. (laughs) Winchesters can always get out of it. (laughs) Um, But so Trevor wants to do it. He says he's going to do it because he wants the money. Um, but before we see him summon anything, we go back to the hotel where we're seeing Gary sneak in. 
He grabs Dean's gun and he's pointing it at Dean's bed. But then the lights come on and Dean punches Gary. <laughs> which is, Ow! <laughs> Sam, or Dean tells him, you're not Sam. You need to tell me who you are. He wants to know the truth. But then we go back to the basement where Sam is tied up. We see Trevor doing the summoning spell. Nora is kind of knocked out looking. And Trevor goes to approach her and Sam's like, don't touch her. But she's possessed. And she wants to know why she was summoned. Trevor tells her that they have Dean. Then the demon, because Sam the whole time is like, shut up, Trevor. Stop talking. Stop talking, right. And the demon looks over at Sam uh, and Gary's body, but she can see Sam and Gary's body. Right. And then she tells us the really scary part, which Which is is that you mean that you know where Dean is and Sam is with him with an empty vessel and you're like, oh my fucking God. Right. I was like, oh fuck. Because I didn't think about that. Me either. Until Until she she said said that. I was like, oh my God, Sam's not in his meat suit. (laughs) Yeah, I was pretty. Now I was like really, really, really angry with these fucking kids. Yeah, all for so many. Yes. Oh my god! So when she said that, I was just like, my heart dropped. All, yeah. Oh my fucking oh, this god! This is not so no, funny no, no, anymore. No, 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 no. Wait, 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 this wait, is wait! Not wait. The way that they're gonna make it go, is it? Stupid. Because knowing supernatural, that's what they would do. Exactly. <laughs> uh, oh, Sam said yes. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> my note for that is just stupid, Trevor. <laughs> yes. Stupid hair. so he tells her uh where dean is and confirms that dean is in fact empty because gary's or not empty but that sam is not in his right body he confirms that a powerful warlord yes is in sam um gary the powerful warlock (laughs) uh trevor wants a reward and he, she tells him that he'll have her undying gratitude. And she turns away and she starts walking back towards Sam. At this point, Trevor gets pissed off and he says he's not okay with that. He worked his ass off and he wants the reward. And Sam's like, dude, just shut the fuck up and run. <laughs> Get out of here. Right. And the demon goes back and asks him, okay, well, what do you want? And the agreement was a million dollars. And she's like, why don't we just bump it up to ten? He's like, okay, okay, 10. That sounds great. And he wants um, some girl Mandy Schwartz him. to fall in love with him. And the demon's like, yeah, okay, here's my counter. And then just shoves her fist through his chest. And starts ripping all his guts out, from what I can tell by the sound effects. Exactly. And he dies. No, the demon double-crossed him. <laughs> Didn't see that one coming. No. At all. So... We're back into the hotel, and Dean is listening to Sam's voicemails, which I thought was kind of weird that it was Sam's voice, because shouldn't it be Gary's voice? Right. But anyway. Yeah, but... I guess it might have gotten confusing. I think that maybe we're overthinking it. (laughs) So, Sam... Or Dean is listening to all uh, of Sam's voicemails, saying that he's not in his body. All 38 of them. (laughs) And Dean asks Gary who he really is, or he's going to start waterboarding. Gary starts freaking out. He doesn't want to be hurt. Um, 
tell basic what what does dean ask him or gary says something about his parents and dean's like your parents how old are you yeah because he says he's at my friend trevor's basement because his parents Parents are out of town that's what it is and he says how old are you i'm 17 (laughs) and that's what i was like oh yeah dean has no idea who this is like he doesn't even know that we're dealing with a bunch of stupid teenagers exactly but uh at this moment, this is uh, when Dean finds out where Sam is and everything. Nora shows up and she knocks Dean out. Sam is trying to escape his bonds at this point because he's been left alone in Trevor's basement. Yes. But he can't. And we see in the mirror that it's Gary's body who's struggling and just this asthma <laughs> rid- riddled kid just can't get out of these bonds. Poor Sam. Um. So back to Dean and Nora um, and Gary. Nor- Dean's still knocked out. Nora's talking to Gary and she wants to know what she can do for him. He says he wants to be a witch for real and very powerful. Nora says she can, but he has to meet her boss first. Gary doesn't really want to. He's like, no, I'm okay. I'm and glad she- at least Gary wasn't okay with that. Right. <laughs> I'm just jumping on board. Right? At least he puts on the brakes at some point, unlike Trevor. Right. Nora tells him he'll want to, that, when he says he doesn't want to, Nora says that he'll, he'll, she, that her boss really wants to meet Gary. And all he wants to do is ask him one little question. All Gary has, has to, to do, do is say, say yes, yes. And then he will be rewarded. Ugh. And I was like, oh, my oh, fucking fuck, God. Fuck, fuck, This is yeah. a really bad, really yes, bad situation. This is really bad. <laughs> Dean comes to at this point and attacks Nora, and they fight. Nora gets the best of him, and she's kicking him on the ground while Gary is watching. And then after a couple seconds of him looking at Dean in the face, he starts to exercise Nora. But but stops after, like, the first sentence as she's approaching him, asking, Are you trying to exercise me? It's like, no, no, no. no. I just... I just... No. No. <laughs> and then Dean gets up and says the next part of the exorcism. She turns around to him, and then it goes back and forth between Dean like and Gary. like a little Gary. tag team exorcism they have there. Right. And then Dean says, Adios, bitch. And Gary... Uh, it's it's Adi Nos. Right. It's actually Adi Nos. <laughs> And she gets exercised. So then we see Gary reversing the Freaky Friday spell. Dean says, so Gary, I I know, I know, my bad. My bad? My bad, kid. My bad ain't going to cut it. See, if you were voting age, you'd be dead because we would kill you. So either you straighten up and fly right or we will kill you. So are we clear? (laughs) And he's like, crystal. Crystal. I just think it's weird. I'm like, so if you encounter another witch who's not 18, you're not going to kill them? I guess they have a problem with killing kids under... Monsters under 18. (laughs) I mean, the kid is technically a witch at this point. Right. Maybe they thought he was still at a turning point in his life. It seems to be that way. I think so. So they drop Gary and Nora off at Gary's house. And Sam is telling Gary... Or because Gary is like, oh, great. And Sam tells Gary that his life isn't that bad. And he can just tell his parents to cram it if he doesn't like their plan. Because it is his life, not theirs. Um, He says, rebel a little bit. In a healthy, non-satanic way, of course. (laughs) And Nora's already walked off towards the door of the house. But Gary's still standing next to Sam at the car. 
and Sam tells Gary that Nora's only into witchcraft because she's into Gary. She likes him. And he's like, really? And he's like, yes. Yes. Believe me, I know these things. (laughs) Sam says he wishes he could have Gary's life. Um, To Gary, he tells him, I wish I could have your life. It's a lot easier. And Gary's like, really? Really? Sam's like, yeah. And Gary feels pretty good about himself. So Gary goes and inside his house with Nora and Dean looks at Sam and says, that was a really nice thing to say. And Sam's like, I totally lied. I totally lied. lied. That kid kid, like like, sucked ass. (laughs) That was one of my favorites. I totally lied. That kid's life sucked ass. All that apple pie family crap, it's stressful. Trust me, (laughs) we didn't miss a damn thing. Or we don't know what we're missing. When Dean turns on the car and his music starts to play, and Sam's like, come on, man, turn it down. (laughs) Dude, welcome back, Cotter. (sighs) So, my favorite lines was the crystal, I will totally have the sex with you. (laughs) And, uh, yeah, Sam, I feel like that a lot. (laughs) Mine was just evening, barkeep. I'd like to order some alcohol, please. Just watching Sam say it. <laughs> My favorite scene was the opener. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Everything about that was great. Yeah. And Bob Seger was the only song, right? Um. Well, it's... I don't remember what comes on at the end. Is it's it the, the same, same song, song still. Okay. I thought so. I could be wrong. I, I. It's the only song I think that was listed. Let's see. But I'm not 100% sure. Um, oh, yeah. No, it is. Yeah, it is. First with Gary and Sam. And, and then, then with just Sam. Yeah. Yeah. Or Gary as Sam is what I meant to say. Uh, their writer, Rebecca Dissertine, she's a co-author with Peter Johnson um, of Raising Sun, the second series of Supernatural comics, and co-author of the novel Supernatural War of the Suns. This is our first episode of Supernatural. Wait, what? The one of the writers for the story? Yes. She is a co-author for um the comics. Oh, the comics. I was so confused. I was like, this is our first episode of Supernatural. No. no this I was see. her first episode. Her first episode of Supernatural. Yeah, she she co-wrote She was a writer for the comics. A comic. Okay. And then she also wrote a novel of Supernatural, War of the Suns. Like I about what Supernatural. That's about. Yeah. Like, is it about the show? Yes, it's called oh. Supernatural. Well, but you can call anything Supernatural. <laughs> I'm asking if War it's War of the Suns. Okay. Yes. All right. I was confused. <laughs> um, if you... Yeah, and then the, the only other thing I have is that um, they didn't use a mirror. They used a... The window. Window. And if you watch closely, you can see a little bit of them being out of sync mostly when they're speaking right but yeah but no big deal they i and like you have to be paying attention job. right uh body count in this was two so trevor and i guess we're counting the ghosts again yeah because nobody else died yeah cool. i do not have anything for this one all right we will be back in just a moment with the song Remains the Same.
Welcome back, guys. Moving right along to The Song Remains the Same. Uh, the episode title is a song by Led Zeppelin from the Houses of the Holy Album. Jensen Ackles also starred in a Dawson's Creek episode titled The Song Remains the Same. Right on. A little factoid there for you. This one's directed by Steve Boyum and written by Sarah Gamble and Nancy Weiner. Or Weiner. I'm not sure how she says it. But we haven't Wiener. had a Sarah Gamble episode in a while. In a while, yeah. So um, I'm going to do my best to not be bitchy through this episode. <laughs> Just putting that out there right now. I'm going to do my best. I will try and keep it in. Remember that she said that, everybody. <laughs> See what happens. So we open on. <laughs> Sorry, it's just. It's like they Who were trying trying to not be bitchy towards the episode in general. Okay, okay. I didn't know if it was a specific character. No, just okay. the content. The content. Okay. Uh, and it just seems fair enough because <laughs> I hadn't seen this one again. Obviously, I didn't ever watch this one again. But um, it opens on Dean's dream. <laughs> Which is hilarious, <laughs> by the way. So Dean's watching a dancer who's dressed as a demon. Um, you know, it's a stripper. And then all of a sudden there's another stripper there dancing with her who's dressed like an angel. And they're getting pretty dirty with each other. Um, and they approach Dean to get all cuddly with him. And then they move apart and we see Anna standing behind by the way, the whole time Cherry Pie by Warrant is playing, and I fucking love that song. I love that song. <laughs> oh my god. It was just so perfect. Um, so we were, that's when we realized that we're in one of Dean's dreams, and it's a little bit awkward. Um, <laughs> I love when he says that. <laughs> this is awkward. <laughs> um, we find out that, I don't even know why I wrote most of this. Uh, Cass didn't tell them that Anna was in prison being tortured in heaven. Um, and we get to hear how about how much Anna doesn't like Cass because he's such a good little soldier. I get so sick of that. Um, she gives Dean her location and asks him to come meet her because she needs his help. We cut to ta-da, an abandoned warehouse. <laughs> <laughs> and we can hear the murmuring voices and the wind blowing, which is something we haven't heard for a while. Uh, and then lights start exploding and it's Cass. Um, Oh, yeah. Sorry. I just realized what episode we're on, and now I know. Now you know I'm trying not to be bitchy. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. I was not even thinking about which one we're doing. That's why it's so funny that it starts in a dream. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. I didn't think about that. Oh, you poor thing. You poor thing. Like I said, I'm going to do my best. (laughs) So, um... Anna wants to know how Cass got there. Cass says that he stopped the boys from meeting her because he's suspicious of her intentions based on his own experiences in heaven. Right. Um, Which led to him turning her in. Uh, He calls her out because she's carrying a knife with her that wouldn't work on angels, um, implying that she had the intentions of hurting Dean when he showed up there. And then flashes his angel blade and tells her that he wants the truth. I love that part where he's like, that won't hurt an angel, but not this, like this not one. Not like this one. Yeah. And, and they just show him holding it at his side and I was all, yeah, Cass, Cass you're her. fucking badass. 
<laughs> Which, but this is like a really weird transaction because you're like, hold on, like Anna's supposed to be good, good like, right? Dean had sex with her, and right. they had a moment, <laughs> and they had like and- a moment, and they like bonded, and there was like a thing there. And now, no. and I can see why Cass is suspicious, but right. um, when he calls her out for having that knife, I was like, what the fuck, dude? Like. That's when I was like, that's that's a good point, Cass. Why is she carrying that knife? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so. so just to refresh my memory, because the last time I remember we see Anna was when she blew herself up. Um, when, uh, was Do you it? mean when she got her her grace back? Or are you, are you talking about after that? Yeah, when she got her grace and then um, everybody was fighting, it was... And she said, cover your eyes. And she, yeah, yeah. No, because she came back after that because they were asking her why she had the same vessel. And she talks about how right. she was being nostalgic. And that's why she brought the vessel back. Okay. I couldn't remember. Because I don't remember Cass sending her to prison. Hell, remember? Prison. And so she... Because uh, it's after Cass came back from heaven, obviously. And they're on... Cass is on the pier by himself. And she shows up. And he tells her, you shouldn't have come. Um, and they have a little exchange of their own. And this is when Cass starts having his own doubts about following orders. Um, and then okay. the other two angels show up and take her. Okay, okay, okay. I remember that now. Thank you. Because yeah. I was like, when did he send her to fucking prison? <laughs> <laughs> I could not remember. Like, Shannon, if you ever need to know when Cass did something, you just let me know and I will be able to tell you. That's why I'm asking you. <laughs> <laughs> um, so he calls no her up. need to carrying- Google that. Right. <laughs> For carrying the knife and uh, shows her his angel blade and tells her he wants to know the truth. And she says, Sam Winchester has to die. And then we flash the title card. Because we haven't heard (laughs) that before. (laughs) Sorry. So when after the title card, it's back in the same spot. And it tells Cass that Sam is the only vessel that matters. Cass thinks that Lucifer will just bring Sam back, even if she kills him. But she says that. Not if she spreads his cells across the universe, and there's no way that Lucifer will be able to find every single piece. So, one of the lines she uses, I didn't write it down, I should have, but she's talking about how they need to kill Sam to keep Lucifer and so in hell so the horsemen can go back to their day jobs. Mm-hmm. What the fuck are their day jobs? <laughs> I'm going to assume... Nothing? I don't know. I mean, because can... So, can Death still have his Reapers reap while he's chained up? He just can't Well, obviously he rampant. does. So, I'm guessing that's their day job. Oh, I see. Okay, okay. And Is so, this, war happens because of war and... Yeah, pestilence and all that. Okay. Like, so, okay, these I things are that. still happening, but on a much smaller, smaller scale. scale. Okay. Thank you. You're welcome. I'm um, just making it up as I go along. <laughs> Uh, I do think that Cass is right in calling her naive, especially when she thinks she can actually stop Lucifer from finding Sam's remains. Right. I think that was a little stupid, Anna. Like, you're just going to put the Winchesters through a bunch of, like, pain and suffering that we don't really need right. to. Because they think we can all agree they've had enough. So uh, Cass tells her there's got to be another way, and Anna tells him that there's not. And then she says a line that we hear way too much. If you want to stop the devil, this is how. We've heard that a few times already, Anna. <laughs> Cass tells Anna if she comes near Sam, he will kill her. Hell yeah, he will. Then it cuts to a scene where a couple is making out in like a sweet Thunderbird kind of car, Corvette or something. It's got a huge 
like bird painted on yes. the hood. Very 70s. And uh, suddenly we see Anna just fall backwards onto the hood and she's got blood coming out of her mouth and the couple freaks out and brings her into the car saying that they need to get her to the hospital. And as they're doing that, as they're putting her in the car, the shot pans up and we see a poster for Grease <laughs> on the, the wall next to them. Um, so then we cut back to Cass. He's in the hotel room with Sam and Dean and he's basically telling them, uh, Anna's plan. Dean says, so she's gone all Glenn Close. And I always love these little oh. moments that they do with Cass where he's like, I don't understand so, the reference. Because I didn't, I even wrote, what Glenn Close role is he talking about? He's talking about fatal attraction, right? Yes. And, okay. Because that's why he says it's just a I know, psycho. I know. It's okay. like one of those things that seems... I thought he was... <laughs> I'm just going to let this one slide. Not saying anything. No, <laughs> God damn it. Because <laughs> I thought he was referring to Cass's interaction with Anna, not his own relationship with Anna. Oh. The, I, I had it backwards, so. Okay. Now, now, as soon as he said that, I was like, oh, fuck, he's talking about him, <laughs> not Cass. Yep, yep. So go ahead and cross that off the list of things that I figured out on my own. <laughs> um, but Cass says, who's Glenn Close? And he says, no, I'm just a psycho bitch who likes to boil rabbits. Um, <laughs> for those who don't know, um, Glenn Close like me. <laughs> played Alex Forrest in the film Fatal Attraction. In the movie, in the movie, she she becomes psychotically vindictive after a fling with Michael Douglas. In one scene, she breaks into the family home and leaves a boiling pot in the stove on the stove containing the family's pet rabbit, which is awful. Yep. The term "bunny boil, boiler" became slang for someone obsessed with an ex lover. I've never heard that term. Nor before. have I. All right. <laughs> But I guess we should start using it. If, as soon as we meet someone who's all Glenn Close, I guess yeah. we will. I would just call them Glenn Close. Right. I think people would get that a little better. <laughs> but apparently not better, me. Buddy Boiler. Um, oh, my God. Sam wants to know if Anna's plan has a point, if it would actually stop Lucifer. Cass says no. She's Glenn Close. I love that. <laughs> so, and this is one of my notes right here is I'm going to have to... <laughs> Cut down on the gushing a little bit because I do it a lot in the few moments that Cass is on screen. Um, but yes, the way he looks at Sam and then at Dean, no, she's Glenn Close. <laughs> I fucking love that. So it was much. so adorable. Dean wants to know because this whole time that they're talking, Cass is like getting ready to do like a little summoning spell to find Anna. And Dean wants to know why he's doing that. Why poke the bear since she's trying to kill Sam. Cass tells him that Anna will never stop until Sam is dead. So he needs to find her so that they can kill her instead. So Cass does a little spell and he gets kind of thrown back and he closes his eyes. So I'm assuming that he's seeing where she is with the spell that he's done. And he... With his eyes still closed, he tells the guys that he's found her. And they're like, where is she? And he says, it's not where, it's when. She's in 1978. Uh, and they're like, what the hell? Why is she there? Or Sam's like, I wasn't even born yet. And Cass is like, she's probably going to go kill your parents right. to keep it to that way. To make it that you don't ever, right. 
so Dean is like, oh, fuck, we got to go. We got to go save my parents. And right. Cass is like, no, I want to go alone. It's too dangerous to bring you guys. Um, because he Cass doesn't want to bring Sam because he's afraid that if Sam is around Anna, she'll just murder him. Right. Um, but Dean's like, no, that's not happening. These are our parents. If there's anything we can do to... And, and Dean is talking more of like, you know, things that have already happened at this point. He's trying to you know, salvage anything that may be evil to be salvageable, like his parents staying alive. Right. Um, so he wants to go if, even if there's a chance. So Cass is fine, is like, okay, but just so you know, like this is, this would have been a very hard trip with my powers. And since I'm cut off from heaven, it's going to be a lot harder. To which Dean says, so what? You're like the DeLorean without enough plutonium. <laughs> to which Cass, slightly annoyed, says, I don't understand that, right? <laughs> <laughs> yep. Which is funny because there's a couple of, you know, Back to the Future references. I found out this episode was originally titled Back to the Future 2. <laughs> and apparently if you go to iTunes, it's still titled that. Really? That's what it says. I don't know if that's been fixed since then because who knows when that was written. So, um, and I didn't check it. Uh, <clears throat> so he tells them to bend their knees. After they, they've packed up all the stuff they need. Because, of course, Cass could never just say no to Dean because Dean is very persistent, I guess we could say. <laughs> so he tells them to bend their knees and then he touches their foreheads. <laughs> bend your knees. <laughs> they make it to 1978. They're fine. They almost get run over, but they're okay. Sam's like, you think we're here? And he's like, and Dean's like, well, unless they started uh, manufacturing, manufacturing pintos, pintos again. <laughs> Yeah, I'd say we made it. Um, they almost get run over, but they get out of the street and then they find Cass on the sidewalk and he is not doing so well. He's coughing up blood. Um, and he's barely breathing. And at this point, I'm like, you know, way to go, Dean. <laughs> well, I think he would have done that either way. Well, it would have been easier if he didn't have to bring all three of them. <laughs> Just want to point that out. <laughs> True. So, um, Dean pays for five nights in a honeymoon suite and tells the manager to do not disturb no matter what and puts Cass in there. He says the manager was really cool with the request and then asked Dean if he wanted to buy some dope. <laughs> dope. <laughs> and he says we got to stick around here, buy some Microsoft, buy some stock in Microsoft. To which Sam says that they might have to if Cass doesn't get better and asks if he'll, he's all right. And Dean says, what do I look like? Dr. Angel medicine woman. He'll wake up. He's, you know, Tough for, for a little, little nerdy, nerdy dude with, with wings. wings. <laughs> Dr. Angel Medicine Woman. <laughs> so this is a reference to the show Dr. Quinn, Medicine Woman, starring Jane Seymour, who Jensen also appeared with in Smallville, on which she played a doctor in the Old West. Right on. Sam thinks Anna may have also landed in the same condition, which would be great because it would buy them some time. Sam found the address to the Winchesters. When they get there, Sam wants to tell the truth. <laughs> Dean doesn't think it will go over well. Last time he was in this time, Mary, uh, uh, Mary's dad died, and that was right at the time when um, Dean disappeared. I don't know if we already skipped over Dean's line. Which one? He says, because Sam's like, let's just tell him the truth. And Dean says, what? <laughs> that their sons are back from the future to save them from an angel gone Terminator? <laughs> come on, those movies haven't even come out yet. <laughs> I love that line. 
I love how he. That's how he references his his yes. storytelling is, is through all movies. through movies. Yeah. <coughs> um. So Dean doesn't think Mary will be too happy to see him. Uh, Understandably so. Right. So Dean tells Sam to follow his lead. When Mary opens the... So we get a shot of Mary and John, you know, being like a happy little couple. She's setting the table for dinner. She's asking him how work was. He's giving her a kiss on the cheek. Everything seems great. Junk. And then they hear the doorbell ring and she goes to answer it. When she opens the door, she is definitely not happy to see Dean. She tells Dean she doesn't do that anymore. And Dean tells her it's important. Sam this whole time is just staring at her. Yeah, and it honestly never occurred to me that this would be the like the first time Sam had ever seen right. their mom. Um, at this point, John comes to the door and Dean tells him that they are Mary's cousins. That they were just passing through town and they couldn't uh, move on without coming to say hi to their cousin. John introduces himself, um, holds his hand out to... Well, at first he's, he tells Dean that he looks familiar. And Dean's like, yeah, so do you. Small towns, huh? Right. Haha. <laughs> And then he introduces himself to Sam and holds out his hand. And after a minute, Sam finally shakes his hand back. And uh, Dean introduces him, saying, this is Sam. And John's like, oh, that was Mary's father's name. And Dean's like, yeah, it's a family name. And Sam still has not let go of John's hand. John invites him in for a beer, saying that he doesn't really get a whole lot of... He hasn't really met a whole lot of Mary's side of the family. But you can tell Mary is just not very happy about it. Sam is still just staring. Because uh, they're in the living room now at this point, And they're sitting on a couch across from Mary and John sitting in their own chairs. And Sam, Sam is just staring at Mary. And John asks if he's okay. Sam snaps out of it, says he's okay, but then tells Mary that she is just so beautiful. <laughs> and Dean says... In a ho- wholesome family, family kind, kind of, of way. way right? <laughs> Dean says that Mary looks a lot like their mother. Sam agrees, saying it's eerie. John asks how they're related, and the guys tell him on Mary's side their father was like a grandfather to them. John says that w- it was tragic with the heart attack. Dean agrees. When John asks what they're in town for, they say work, and he asks what they do. Dean says plumbing, while Sam says scrap metal. Poor John, this whole situation is very awkward and weird. Right. Well, it's funny because I think normally they might not have answered so quickly, or maybe they would have looked at each other. But right. Dean, I think, was like, well, Sam's not talking, so I'll right. just answer. <laughs> and Sam's like, fuck, I better say something. <laughs> so, but right when that happens, Mary also jumps up and uses dinner as an excuse, saying that, you know, it's so late, she needs to get dinner on the table, and... You know, the guys probably Thanks want to go home. Thanks for stopping by right. type thing. The phone starts ringing at this point as well, but they ignore it, and John is asking the guys to stay for dinner, as it would mean a lot to him since he has not met much of Mary's side of the family. John leaves at this point to grab the phone, and it's his boss telling him, basically saying that he's going to be letting John go. It's kind of a weird phone call to make in the middle of the night. Right. So John's pleading with him to reconsider, even just part-time. Then we see it's actually Anna, changing her voice to sound like his boss, saying that um, he should come in to work and uh, they'll talk to see what she, what he can do. Be there in 10 minutes. Even John's like, really? Right. Like, yeah. 
okay, that was weird. So Mary is telling Dean he needs to leave. Last time she saw him, a demon killed her parents. Sam tells her that John, that she and John are in danger. Dean says something's coming for them. She assumes it's a demon, but Dean tells her no. Sam tells her it's an angel. She doesn't believe him or that angels even exist. But Dean backs Sam up, says they're more powerful than demons and even bigger dicks. She wants to know why uh, I wrote demon, which is weird. She (laughs) wants to know why an angel would want to kill them. Dean says he'll tell her the whole thing, but now they need to leave. So they go to get John and they find that he's gone. Wouldn't he have and left, like, more than just a note? You would think so. Or he might have come in and been like, okay, hey, hey, I gotta I go to work. Right. right. But no, he's just gone and he has a note. Be back in five. Is that what it says? Be back in 15, Jay. Yeah. That's... Oh, he. And I wouldn't have left at that point. I mean, you just have these two dudes in your house with your wife. She's obviously not comfortable. And you're just going to take off? Not let yeah. anybody know? Very strange behavior. Yes. So... John gets to the warehouse, the the shop. It's like a mechanic shop. And he sees his boss uh, on the ground and he turns him over and his eyes have been burned out. <laughs> and he's clearly not alive. How did Anna even let that happen? I don't know. Ugh. So Anna's there and she throws John across the shop. But then we can see through her point of visit, her point of view, she's kind of losing focus and... She's stumbling a little bit, which gives John the advantage, and he's able to knock her down with, like, a tire iron. Which I was pretty impressed. I was like, dude, John, you just hit a chick with a tire iron. Right. Like, I mean, she was not even coming at you at that point. <laughs> she did just fling him across the warehouse. Right, but so. it's still kind of like, that was a very impulsive thing to do. <laughs> Go, it's the first smart thing he's done so far. Yes. Um. So... At this point, Dean shows up, and he tries to stab her with an angel blade, but she throws him out completely outside of the shop. But first he says, I'm sorry I have to do this. Yes. And she says, me too, and then flings him out of the shop. Then Mary comes in and picks up the angel blade, and she fights with Anna. Uh, Eventually, Anna is able to get the blade away from Mary, but Mary grabs a crowbar and stabs it through her shoulder and then anna gets all castiel and just pulls it out while staring at mary (laughs) and she tells mary that it's not easy to kill an angel and sam says no but it's easy to distract them and he zaps her away with the angel zapper sigil banishment sigil there you go i was like writing this and i was like what is that that fucking called called? It was like one of those moments where you forget how to spell what, you know, or something really right, simple. Right, yeah. You're just like, what the what is, fuck is it called? So I was just zapper. The zapper. Zapper sigil. <laughs> Sounds good to me. Let's keep on going. Because this, at this point, this is the last of four episodes I watched in a row. Yes. So I'm like, yes. I need to be done with <laughs> Your this. Your brain's like, we're done. So we can see that John is just totally in shock and looking at Mary and the next scene, John is driving. He's complete disbelief of Mary's secret life and the fact that there are monsters. Monsters? Mary's in the front seat, and Dean and Sam are in the back. And uh, he says something, and then John's like, do not make me turn this car around. Oh, yeah. And Dean's like, this is an awkward family road trip. 
And Sam's like, tell me about it. Or totally. <laughs> whatever. He, he just agrees with Dean. Uh. So Mary brings him to an old family house. It has all the normal fixins to keep a demon at bay. Nothing that'll work on an angel. But luckily the boys came packed. So... It was at this point in time that it occurred to me because they have, you know, like the holy oil and um, what else do they flash? They have the sigil. The sigil. That was it. That was all they had. That's all you we have. It so just far seems like angels. at this point, Castiel would have taught them some Enochian wardings by now. <laughs> you think so? They could just put those up. And, right. Hey, look! Now they can't get in. This just something that I thought of. Oh, and then That's I put. Oh, and it's <laughs> right. <laughs> Uh, and it's what I've come to call the endless bottle of holy oil. <laughs> it really is. It is. Maybe Cash just keeps going back to Jerusalem. To, to get more. <laughs> um, but maybe they wouldn't have used the Enochian warding in this anyway, because they're trying to find her and kill her and not keep her away. I mean, um, I guess that's true. It would have been really useful information to have regardless. Yeah. I mean, I, I could think of a few times where they would have wanted to use yes, them. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. They should definitely know that by now. Yeah. Um, so the boys come packed. They open their, their duffel bag on the thing and they pull out the holy oil and the, the sigil and they're kind of running it down. But, uh, well, Sam takes uh, Mary... To show her how to use the holy oil. He's like, come on, I'll show, I'll show you how, you how it works. Use. And I'm like... You, you pour a circle <laughs> and then you, and then light, you light it. it. <laughs> Why do you have to... Okay. All right. You Isn't that cool? You want some time with your mom. I get it. It's fine. Um, so while they're gone, uh, John wants to help. He wants to go get the sigils up. And he tells him he might want to go help Mary and, and, and he'll take care of it. Um, but John is very adamant in wanting to be able to help, even though they made him look like fools. He's not useless. Right. So Dean's like, well, you know, these need to be written in blood. And so John just picks up the fucking huge knife off the table and, and cuts his hand, his hand open. Why does everybody cut their hand? That's a really good question. Like, because that makes you pretty. Cut your forearm. Right. Or like. Because now you can't use your hand. Like. You're about to get into a fight and right. you cut your hand open. Like, I'm pretty sure your hand is something you're going to need for this. Like, yeah. nick your fucking forehead. Like, your head <laughs> bleeds like crazy for the smallest little cut. You'll get plenty of blood to make a sigil. I just never understood that. And it happens in, like, every and, fucking movie. Right. Every it's not TV just, like, show. a supernatural thing. It happens all the time. Oh, we need blood? Let me gouge hand. my palm well, I'll open. I'll just slice my palm open because I get to grab the blade and look cool. Just look like a maniac and like, right. ah, your forehead, you know? <laughs> but just a little nick. Just a little nick because that's all you need. I just remember this one time. So sorry, Bar, really quick. I'm in the backyard of my friend Dana's house. And we were, I was young, like, I don't know, seven or eight maybe. I, I don't remember. But my sister, who's two and a half years younger than me, was with us. And we're in the backyard of... um. It was like my mom's friends and we were friends with the kids. We're hanging out in the backyard. The parents are inside. And Dana's little sister starts having a fucking tantrum. And this kid was like a spoiled, rotten little shithead. So if she didn't get what she wanted, she would get violent and start throwing things and screaming. Oh, Jesus. Just, you know, natural terror. So she's not 
we're not letting her play with like a Barbie or I don't know. There's something that we had that she wanted and we were like, no, we're using it. So she starts doing the literal like pounding her feet and her legs onto the, the grass while laying on her belly. And she just starts throwing things. And she throws this like block from like this wooden puzzle. And it hits my sister right in the forehead. Oh. Uh, puts her hands over her face and like leans down and she's like, ow. And we're like, are you okay? And she's like, yeah, I'm fine. And she pokes oh her head up. God. And it's just covered in fucking blood. <laughs> and it's just pouring off of her chin and her hands. And she was like, ah! <laughs> like when she saw her hands. And just, it's literally oh just pouring. Oh my god. I have the exact same story. And I was like, oh my god, Megan, no. And so, like, I run over and I'm like, because I was just expecting, like, to see this fucking skin flap and skull and brains coming out. And yeah. It was, it looked like, like a, a fucking cut. paper yeah. cut on yeah. her, like, right above her eyebrow yeah. bone. And I was like, oh. no. I have the exact same story. I was It was me and my sisters, and I don't even know. We were fighting about something. <laughs> this just sounds so horrible when I tell it. Um, and we would throw shit at each other when we were fighting. Um, but I would never throw it to try and hit them. I would just throw it, like, out of frustration, you right. know. So I threw – I mean, it had to have been the Rubik's Cube at Stephanie. Um, and so she picks it up, and she throws it back at me. But she throws it right at me, and the corner of it hits me right in the head. Um, oh. And I do the same thing. I just grab my head and I cover my hands because I was already sitting on my knees on the floor. Right. And so I right. just like made a little ball and I was like, oh my God. And like, you know how sisters are. They're like, you're fine. It doesn't hurt. I don't know. And I'm like, I don't know. It's like really hurts. And then I get to hear the story from their perspective because the way it looks to me is I just sit up all, oh my God. And they're like, because <laughs> they see me sit up and it's just blood pouring down my face like my hands are covered in blood it's just like so much blood and um yeah they flipped out so that was pretty funny and this was when I fainted a lot when I was younger I would faint a lot when I experienced pain and so of course I fainted like twice <laughs> <laughs> it was all very terrifying <laughs> I'm sure. Oh my god. Because then I'm laying on the floor unconscious. It's just like. <laughs> <laughs> oh god, I bet that was just oh, a really man. good moment for them. Yeah. <laughs> They'll teach you to throw shit at me. <laughs> but yeah, it. Plenty of blood there to make a couple a lot. of sigils. Yeah. <laughs> Long story short, cut your forehead. <laughs> so. Um. So Dean, uh, Dean's think you know saying that he's gonna show him, and he chuckles to himself. And John's like, "What?" And he just tells him that he reminds him of his dad. So, <laughs> so John's just having a weird day. <laughs> like, all of these secrets come out that like totally change his view of the entire world, right? Uh, and then these two guys are just always dropping these weird innuendos, right? And it's like, how do you take these? <laughs> like, well, I don't know you, but you're acting like you know me, and you're, you know, kind of, you're, you know, there's that whole homoerotic, like, <laughs> subtext of supernatural. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, but yeah, so he, you know, Dean is finding it amusing that he's having to teach his dad something about hunting. Yeah. Um, so Sam, at this point goes to apologize to John and he walks in on John finishing up a sigil. Um, I mean, it looks like he's finishing it up, but it didn't look like it was finished. 
to me. Oh, I wasn't. I didn't even see. Because it was just a circle with like the little symbols outside of the circle, but he definitely did not have the, the big... In, the inner part? Right. Oh. And he... But he's like cleaning his hand like he's all done. And... But who knows? Maybe he just... Ran wiping. out of blood? Yeah. <laughs> Go slice his hand open even right. deeper. Um, But Sam tells him that the sigil looks good and that he um wanted to apologize about everything that was going on. John wants to know how long Sam has known about all the hunting stuff. And Sam tells him his, he's known his whole life. To which John gets very upset. Wants to know how an irresponsible bastard could do that to a kid. He's supposed... He's your dad and he's supposed to protect you. Sam says he did. He did protect us. That's why he taught us this. And he protected us. And he died trying. Sam tells John the story of his mother dying. That it was his father's, you know, true love. And that he loved her very deeply. And that after she died, um, his father only had hunting to turn to. Which Sam understands now, but he never got to tell his dad that before he died. It's a very, like, emotional scene for Sam. You know, he's getting kind of teary-eyed. It just didn't, like, resonate with me at all, you know? I was just mad because of the time travel. Right. Like, oh, so now John's openly opposed to raising children as hunters, and so why are they still hunters? Yeah, it's just... (laughs) Yeah. Maybe that part got wiped. I know. I know. They have their nice, neat little baggage at the end. So So then we cut to Anna. She has called Uriel, who is in a different vessel. And I said that because I was like, I like his other vessel. But I'm like, this could also be the same vessel. Right. Because it's a younger vessel. Exactly. A younger version. Exactly. Um, so He she, doesn't have the voice, though. He does not have the voice. She wants him to kill some humans. To which he is okay with because he's never minded smiting people. Um, She tells him that these are the people that will kill him in the future and she's allowing him to kill them first. He thanks her. So back inside, Mary wants the story from Dean. Dean keeps dodging all of her questions. He clearly does not want to tell her the truth. Finally, she says she's just going to walk out the door if she doesn't get the truth from him. So Dean finally gives it up, tells her that he is her son, tells her uh, that a friendlier angel zapped them here from 2010. She doesn't believe him. Dean tells her that her their real names are Dean and Sam Winchester, named after her parents. When he would get sick, she would feed him tomato rice soup because that's what her mother did for her. And instead of a lullaby, she would sing Hey Jude because it's her favorite Beatles song. She finally believes him, but she cannot believe that she raised her sons to be hunters. Dean tells her she didn't because she's dead. The yellow-eyed demon kills her, and John becomes a hunter to get revenge. He raised them in this life. Dean tells her that the demon uh, will appear in Sam's room exactly six months after he's born, and not to go into the nursery no matter what. Tells her to take Sam and run. At this point, Sam walks in and says that it wouldn't matter. The demon will always find them. Dean wants to know what else they could do. And Sam says she could leave Dad. She's definitely not okay with that. But Sam says that after this is over, she needs to walk away and never look back. Dean is 
starting to realize that that means that they'll never be born. And he's totally on board with it. So he starts trying to convince Mary to leave John as well. So why doesn't she ever ask them why they can't be born? Huh? She never asks them why they can't be born. Oh, you mean like why right. they're trying to get her right. to stuff? Yeah. yeah. She doesn't ask them that. Which seems a logical question, I think. I would have been like, so hang on a second. <laughs> why don't you want to be born? <laughs> yeah. Because like we went from um, an angel wanting to kill me to now no, you, you guys, guys don't be... want to be born. Like, why is this happening? Yeah. So it yeah. just seems like she would have some questions that she doesn't ask. I 100% agree because first, especially hearing first you want an angel wants to kill you to now right. your sons don't want to be born for some reason. Right. Because there's a demon who's going to find Sam and right. will always apparently find Sam. So what is going on? Can you on? elaborate right. on that? <laughs> yes. Um, Sorry. But yeah, she doesn't ask that. But Dean is basically um, on board with what Sam is trying to uh, to get her to to do and he's telling her that there's a difference from being killed and never being born and he promised her promises her that they are both very okay with it she says she's not um sam tells her that the normal life she want wants so bad she'll never have she tells or he tells her that she will die and her children will be cursed mary wants there to be another way dean tells her there's not It's bigger than them. There are so many more people's... There are so many more lives at stake. She continues to say she can't, and Dean starts to say something, and she says, No, I can't. I'm pregnant. At this point, John rushes in, saying that they have a problem. All the sigils are gone. Um, The one he was doing on the door just now, when he turned back around, it was all smudged. Uh, Was it Sam who looks? Or or Dean? And he's like, He's right. How did that happen? I don't know. Apparently, Uriel And then the holy oil is gone, too. Right. Because Mary... So, Mary... At this point, Mary looks down on the floor, and she says, the holy oil is also gone. And then that's when the lights start popping, and their ears start ringing. But I don't understand how angels can be that powerful that they're suddenly wiping sigils and dissolving holy oil. oil. Right. The two things that harm them right i mean i guess every other time an angel hasn't known holy oil has been there so they don't know to get rid of it right but it seems like that's a huge loophole yeah of a weapon (laughs) that you could just uh, we're just gonna Uh, let's just go smudge that (laughs) so yeah so i don't exactly like how that worked out it seems a little what's the word i'm looking for were they convenient? <laughs> it was convenient, but it was it's more like bad storytelling. Oh, uh, okay. Where it's just like, what? Right. <laughs> okay. Um, <clears throat> it'll come to me later, and I'll just say and it out loud, and it'll make no sense at all. Or you'll all. text it to me. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, blah, blah, blah. Um, <clears throat> so the ears start ringing, the, all the windows explode, and then Uriel, Uriel walks in. And Dean's like, who are you? And he, he says, says, I'm Uriel. Uriel. And oh. Dean's like, oh, fuck. fuck. <laughs> oh, Jesus, seriously. So Dean start, goes and starts to fight him. Uh, Sam goes after Anna. They both get knocked away. John goes for the angel blade, but Anna knocks him completely out of the house. Then Anna turns back on Sam and kills Sam, shoving some kind of like lead piping or something through his chest. 
the whole while Dean is being choked out by Uriel. Um, so Anna approaches. So what? Then it cuts back out to John for a minute, and we see just a uh, like a flash of bright light. Yes. And it cuts back in, and Mary is approaching, uh, or excuse me, Anna is approaching Mary, telling her that she's really sorry about what she's going to do. I hate it when angels say they're sorry. <laughs> like, you are not I'm sorry. I'm really sorry I'm about to kill you. Right. I'm so are sorry. You? I'm How about you not? not do it then? Yeah. If you feel that badly. Um, but then John shows up as Michael. Yes. Anna turns around and says, Michael? And I was like, Michael? Me too. Like, who's Mike? Oh, oh Michael. Michael. <laughs> right. So he says, oh, Anna. And he just walks up to her and murders the shit out of her. Yeah. She's she's gone. She she's, is dead. She's dead. Yeah. Uriel apologizes, says he didn't know. Michael says, goodbye, and snaps, and his, snaps fingers. his fingers. And Uriel, and Uriel disappears. Yes. Um, Mary wants to know what he's done to John. Michael tells her he's okay, touches her forehead, and makes her pass out. At this point, Michael turns to Dean and says that they need to have a much overdue talk. It's like exactly like when he met his cast. Yeah. <laughs> we need to talk. Alone. Yeah. <laughs> what did you do to my friend? Yeah. Except <laughs> Dean is a little bit more well-versed in angel yeah. antics at this point. <laughs> So, uh, Dean wants Michael to fix Sam. Michael says he will fix his precious little Sammy after they have a talk. Okay. I mean, just once. It would be nice to have an angel that's not condescending. Like, just once. Good luck. I mean, God. <laughs> He'd be the one to Your talk to. precious little Sammy. Ugh. Why, why would he ever do anything for you if that's how you're going to sit there and talk to him? And talk about his brother, the most important person in the world, as far as Dean is concerned. Because angels think very highly of themselves. But it's just, it's ridiculous. Like, you have been, like, witnesses to humanity for thousands of years. And they apparently still don't understand it. Which is ridiculous. (laughs) So, um, Dean wants to know how Michael got into John. Michael told him he could save his wife, so it was pretty easy. Dean says, well, I guess the other angels have been upselling me as being your only vessel. And Michael says, no, you are my only true vessel, but you're not my only one. It's a bloodline. Your dad, your dad's dad, so on and so forth. All the way to Cain and Abel. Dean's like, great. So that was surprising. I didn't realize it all went back through John. I always thought it was Mary, I guess. I don't know why, now that I think about that. Well, I only knew because they talk about it being John, but then John got himself killed or something. Wasn't there? I could have swear. There might have there's been. There's an episode where they talk about John. They thought it was John when they were, um, with the prophecy, they thought it was supposed to be John was going to be the Winchester to be Michael's vessel. But then everything happened with him sacrificing himself. And okay. Going to hell and. Because he okay. went to hell first, right. and they thought he, he was, was going to break the first seal. Right, right. so they thought okay. he was going to be the vessel. I see. I see. Thank you. Once again, Shannon. <laughs> well, I'm just saying, I probably would have thought it was Mary's line, too, because we know her as the hunter. Right. But like, it, that's the only reason I was like, okay, yeah, it makes sense to be the dad. Yeah. Um, All the way back to Cain and Abel. Yeah, it's a pretty big bloodline. That's impressive. Um, 
So Michael tells Dean. Oh, and then Dean says six degrees of heaven bacon. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I laughed so hard then. (sighs) Dean. Frank was just like, oh, brother. On the couch. Which I think is a a valid response to that also. It is, but it's also very six degrees of heaven bacon. It's so cheesy, but it's so good. Um. So Michael tells Dean that he doesn't want to do this any more than Dean would want to kill Sam. Um, And Dean's like, well, then why? Because God said so? And he's like, yes, because I'm a good son. And Dean tells him, from someone who knows where you're coming from, that's a dead end straight. Believe me. Michael wants to know why one, and Dean is basically telling him he's not ever going to say yes to Michael. So Michael wants to know why one unimportant little man thinks he has a choice which i just want to point out that dean's clearly not unimportant right you angels have made that very clear if he was so so unimportant why are we why are we even here why are we having this discussion right um dan's or dan jesus i am all over the place tonight with names yes you are dean says because i gotta believe that i can choose what i do with my unimportant little life and michael tells him he's wrong then has his little monologue about all the millions of little things that had to happen to get them right where they right. are. Right. I have it written down, so oh, you do. I will tell you. You right. know, I'm sure you're thrilled. All right. <laughs> Think of a million random acts of chance that ha- that let John and Mary be born, to meet, to fall in love, to have the two of you. Think of the million random choices that you make, and yet how each and every one of them brings you closer to your destiny. Do you know why that is? Because it's not random. It's not chance. It's a plan that is playing itself out perfectly. Free will is an illusion, Dean. That's why you're going to say yes. Oh, buck up. It could be worse. You know, unlike my brothers, I won't leave you a drooling mess when I'm done wearing you. Dean wants to know about John and how his body will be when Michael gets out. Michael tells him that he'll feel better than ever and that he's going to do something even better for them and scrub both John and Mary's minds, so they won't remember any of this. Oh, how convenient. (laughs) Dean doesn't want him to do that. Michael says he's just giving Mary what she wants. Dean says, but she'll still walk into that nursery. And Michael tells him he, he, Michael tells him he always knew it would happen that way. He walks over to Sam, zaps Sam back home, says that Sam is home safe and sound, all patched up. Michael tells Dean that he'll see him soon and zaps him back as well. So they're back in the hotel and Cass appears. And he's not well. He's not well and he's, he's, looking, he's like surprised he made it. Right. Like, and because I think it's Sam who grabs him because he's about to fall over. He's like, you made it. And Cass says, I did. I'm very surprised. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so cute. It is. So they lay him on the bed so he can rest. He's passed out. I mean, he out. just flops onto the bed. He's unconscious. And then Dean says, well, this is it. Sam says, this is what? And Dean says, this is my favorite line. Me too. Team free will. One ex-blood junkie. One dropout with six bucks to his name. And Mr. Comatose over there. It's awesome. And Dean, or Sam says, it's not funny. And Dean says, I'm not, I'm not laughing. laughing. I also want to point out that he says he has six bucks to his name. And I just realized that in the last episode, we see that they had like eight active cell phones. Right. So that's probably why you're so fucking broke. 
get one number and have all the rest of them forwarded or something. Like, come on, guys. So Sam says that, um, Sam says that everybody else says that they will say yes. And Dean's like, yes, I think it's getting annoying. And Sam wonders if they're right. Dean says that they're not. Sam says he's been weak before and Mike got, Michael got John to say yes. So what's different with them? Dean says, well, that was different. John did it to save mom. Sam says, well, wouldn't you do it to save mom? And Dean's like, oh, crap. Oh, oh I <laughs> like think you're right about that. Like the look on his face. Yeah. <laughs> I hadn't thought he of doesn't that. actually say anything. He's no. just, he has that look but like, oh, shit. Then we cut over to um, Mary and John in a nursery. And Mary is very pregnant. And they're looking at something on the shelf above the crib. And John's kind of making fun of her about how cheesy it is. And she said that she found it at a, a garage sale for 25 cents. And um, she says she can't put her finger on why she likes it. She just does. And John's like, all right, well, I guess that means I like it too. And we pan over and we see it's just a little angel. Sitting on the shelf. And then it pans back to Mary and she's rubbing her belly saying, um, because Dean kicked. And she's like, oh, we're already a troublemaker. And she tells Dean that the angels are watching over him. Yeah. And credits. And they sure are. Not my favorite episode. I had Cass in it. At least there was a little bit of cast relief. And he had some good lines. I know how you feel about those time travel. Yeah. Um, my favorite line was the one where we finally get hashtag Team Free Will. Yep. Because <laughs> I love Team Free Will. We all love Team Free Will. Um, what's your favorite moment? Uh, the, uh, the start where Cass and Anna are talking to each other. I like the whole Glenn Close bit. Right. When Cass is telling about her plans. Yes. That was my cast line, but I didn't really write it down. No, she's Glenn Close. Yeah. So, um, Warren's Cherry Pie is probably Dean's favorite stripper song as he mentions it once in uh, Sex and Violence from season four. And he actually, later on in the season, watches a stripper dance to it. Right. Well, not in the season, in the series. Sorry. Uh, the car Anna lands on that's parked near the ad for Greece. Um, just so we're all clear, the movie did come out in 78. It came out June 16, 1978. So that was, you know, on par. The original title of the episode, like I said, was Back to the Future 2. And um, this and pi the pilot are the only episodes in which all four Winchesters, John, Mary, Dean, and Sam, appear in the same scene. Granted, Sam is a baby in the pilot, but <laughs> right. it's the only time he that they're all together. Yes. Um, also, this is the first time we get to hear the actual backstory of the angels are watching over you. Right. it's come up like three other times so right. far in the series. I meant to write them down and I apparently forgot because I don't have it written right. down. <laughs> that appears to be what happened. I just remember that was a thing. <laughs> So, uh, got yeah. my line, got my moment. Favorite song is Cherry Pie. Obviously. Body count, this was three. So, we had Mr. What's-His-Face, the... The mechanic. Mechanic. Owner guy. Yeah. 
Um, I guess Anna. Anna definitely died. I mean, I guess Sam, Sam also died. died. <laughs> yeah. I guess nobody else to be actually Sam, died. Right. I mean, he was brought back, but. But he was dead for a minute. He was dead. Does anybody count that when they count how many times Sam has died? Because I had totally forgotten that he died right then. <laughs> I don't know. I'd have to look. Yeah, me too. You got anything else? No, just it was good to see Ugh. Cass. It was. And he was he was very adorable in this episode. I really missed this Cass like me a lot. Me too. Because after being a total badass and like you know threatening Anna's life, he's like trying to make funny jokes and <laughs> be like the Winchesters. And I just loved that. Like I love the the cast that was disheveled hair. Yes. Um, kind of a badass. Uh, or was a badass and then just didn't understand references, but then would try to turn around and use, and use some them. of them right. occasionally. I just miss that cast so much. Me too. Especially the hair. Mm. So much. Not so especially much the hair. Changed. I shouldn't say that. <laughs> but the hair is definitely high on the list. It's good hair. It is. So, if you guys aren't there already, please check out the website, thewaywardfans.com. You can see all of our podcasts there. You can see fun pictures from the convention and other things. Um, you can also contact us there if you'd like. Uh, it's probably the easiest way if you're already there. Or you can email us directly, waywardfans at gmail.com. Send us your thoughts, feelings, and concerns. We like getting emails. We do. <clears throat> or follow us on Twitter at waywardfans underscore SPN. You'll get updates on all of our new podcasts. Uh, you'll see pictures there too from little things we find online. And also come like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash waywardfans. Same thing. You'll see all of our podcasts. See us share stuff that we like. And pictures too. That's Lots a fun pictures. Yep. Uh, if you listen to us on iTunes, please make sure you rate and mostly just rate it but if you want to review it that's awesome we yes. like reading those we'd love um, to hear your reviews but the rates get us uh, more higher up on the list of podcasts that people find so we greatly appreciate it absolutely thanks for listening you guys we'll talk to you next week bye guys scream scream scream